and welcome back to Rainy Day Podcasts with your host, River. And Nico! Hello. Oh, that was very enthusiastic of you. <laughs> I guess I'm happy to be alive today. <laughs> Weirdly enough, today is a good day. It's We don't have school today. It's a snow day. Snow days are weirdly exciting, especially when you're in high school and all the work and pressure are just slowly compacting you. Yay! I still have work I can do. I just have yet to do it, so... Me too. Here we are. But I did read, so I did something productive today. I cleaned my whole entire room, and I did notes for episode 17. Yay. Those are really good notes, though. What? For episode 17. It's like five pages of notes, and it's not 12 font, because then it would have been six. (laughs) Yay. But, anyway, should we jump into today's episode? We're refilming today's episode, and I don't want to. I know. I know, too. It's because I was sick when we filmed this, so it sounded really bad, because I was coughing. Because, yeah. Yeah, and I had finished all of mine, and we actually filmed the entirety of this episode, but we didn't like it, so... Yeah. And then halfway through episode 12, we had to stop. There was many complications. Many. Like, a lot. It was really, it was really an interesting time. It, it was. And then we just kind of gave up until now. I don't want to do this. We're gonna do it. And then the next episode's gonna be better. Oh, I forgot! The Hecatonkries! Oh my god, (laughs) I forgot they existed. I don't even know if that's how you say that, but it's fun to say. Okay. Let's jump into your notes, Nicole. I'm excited to hear them once more. But this time I'll... I don't think you are. This time I'll be more... What's the... I'll be... Interactive. Yeah, I'll be more interactive, because I'm not, like, coughing every five seconds. Yeah. Well, I did the beginnings of Greek mythology, and this is my second time saying this, so I'm just gonna... Oh, wow, there's only one page. Okay. Yeah. In the beginning of time, there was chaos and, um, is it Gaia? Yeah. Did we... Yeah, okay. Yeah, who was the Earth deity? And, uh, Tartarus, where evil things were held, you know, basically hell. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know how to say that. Oh, wait. No, yes, I do. I put it in quotes. Okay. Erebus was the knight. And, um, yeah, the, then, then the, the, the original, I'm not having a good time speaking over here. The original deities um um gave birth to the titans and three cyclops and um the hecatonkries which i'm probably not saying right but i like saying it as hecatonkries and i actually don't know how to spell it right because i didn't spell it right so yeah yeah um yeah (laughs) so um Saturn, which was Gaia's um, partner, yeah, mm-hmm. 
that he he didn't like his children, and um, so he he um he made the Hecatonkries uh go back into the womb, and and um later then uh the, the, wow, <laughs> I'm I'm doing great today, and then later Kronos, the youngest of the the titans um he cut uh his father into pieces and um the the blood that came from his father created giants and nymphs and furies and wow i have to scroll hold on (laughs) okay um and i have to read this too yes and and his father then left Earth and said that the Titans would be punished for their crimes. Bad. Die for your crimes. Sorry. <laughs> We're in a fun mood today. And um, I guess. Um, yeah. The, the first 12 Titans were... I'm not saying them, so to the chat we go. To the chat... The first, the first wave of titans were these guys. Ah, uh, we. I love how both our profile pictures we have masks on. <laughs> I just I like realized that. Picture. I like the picture too, but I just realized we're kind of matching in a way. Okay, <laughs> and the second wave of titans were these guys. Atlas, Prometheus. My dude. Yeah, I was really surprised about Prometheus because I was like, I didn't think he was a Titan, but apparently he was, and I'm really confused about that. But I'm not gonna even question it because I I don't even care at this point. Yeah, Prometheus and Epimetheus are done with. They're over and done with. I'm not going back. <laughs> Never going don't back. Go back. What? I said, don't go back, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Mood. And then Kronos and uh, Rhea. Rhea. Yeah? Rhea? No. Right? I, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah, okay. Um. Yeah, They. the first six Olympians were from them. <laughs> wow. I love how I phrased that. From them. <laughs> okay. Anyways, moving on. Do you want me to name uh, them like I did last time? <laughs> I named them, thank you. No. And I, alright, but you named them after me. But go for it. Poseidon, Zeus, Hades, Demeter, Hestia, and Hera. Whoa. <laughs> We're too happy today. We are. We should just, like, watch a sad movie. And cry. Oh my god. <laughs> we should lower. I cry myself to sleep for, like, however long it's been since I last cried myself to sleep. For me? I don't want to do it again. It's not fun. It's, it's not, not a fun time. It's not. Uh, yeah, Kronos was uh, scared of the prophecy that states that he would be replaced by one of his children, and then he attempted to stop the prophecy by eating his children, because that is very reasonable. Yeah, I eat all my well, children. 
Did you say you eat children? No, I said I ate all my children. Oh. <laughs> okay. Poor Timmy. <laughs> so I had a basil plant, right? And his name was Timothy. And then he died. <gasps> Wait, Timothy died? Yes. No! was a bad mother to Timothy, and it's... It's not okay, because he was like, he was the biggest basil plant that I ever had. He was like, he was, he was, he was two feet. Oh, my cactus died. I have to get another basil plant from shop. And now I have to get another cactus. I still have to get you those aloe plants. Yeah. Oh my. Remind (sighs) me later on next week, someday. Okay. Yeah. Where was I? He ate his children. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so Rhea then hid Zeus, which was the last born of all of the yes. And he he hid somewhere, and he became strong enough to um, uh, quote-unquote defeat his father. Um, upon giving Kronos a potion... Uh, he, he, uh, Kronos, um, and regurgitated, uh, Zeus's brothers and sisters, and they all overpowered Kronos, and he was banished into Tartarus. Um, then the Titans' War started, (gasps) and it, and for ten years, I don't know where I was going with that, because I don't have anything after ten years. (laughs) And for ten years, shut up. It is. It is like, uh, what's it called? Cliffhanger. You'll never know. Stop the episode now. <laughs> Just, it's over. I'm not even doing a seg- segment. Goodbye, guys. We actually don't. <laughs> I know. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, and then. And then after that ten years, uh, Zeus got help from the Cyclops and the Hecatonkries. Yeah. That were... (laughs) 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 That were banished into Tartarus in the beginning. Yeah. And then um, the Olympians defeated the Titans and they were imprisoned in Tartarus. And then... Um, yeah, the, 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 the original deities didn't like that, their children were overthrown, and they, they, they brought Typhoon, Typhon, I don't know, I, it's spelled Typhoon, but I don't know how it's pronounced, because I don't even know if it's actually spelled Typhoon. Put it in the chat. Yeah, there you go. There we go. And, uh, he was defeated, too, and, um, yeah, Zeus became the leader, and, uh, uh, there's different variations, so don't quote me on any of this. (laughs) Yeah, that concludes my story. On to you! Because, woo. yeah, that, that episode, that part of my episode, that, that, whoa. (laughs) It just ends with clap. 
So that part of the episodes make me sad. I didn't <laughs> like that. I'm sad now. Oh. Well, <laughs> to get you more bummed out, this is the second part of Gene Harlow, which you have already heard, so uh, maybe it won't be as sad. So, Paul oh, yeah. Byrne, go back to part one if you don't know who I'm talking about, because I'm too lazy to give you a tiny thing. Paul Byrne began to fall for Jean and believed that she was really going to make it. Paul Byrne was a director, film writer, and producer, and lots of film critics uh, dissed Jean and said she was horrible and so were her movies. The Beast of the City was an MGM film that counts for Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer Studios, Inc., so basically... The introduction of the movies where you see a lion roar, that's what I'm talking about. Um, so, Byrne worked for MGM and talked to Howard Hughes and was like, I'm gonna make sure she's a huge success and, wow, I said success, weird, and she will be in this movie, so let her do it. And Hughes agrees. After the film, she went on a huge publicity tour, that's a hard word, and they added a lot of showings to the tour because she was so popular. In 1932, Paul Byrne and Jean became an official couple, and Byrne convinced MGM to sign with Jean, and they would give her $30,000, which is uh, $600,000 today, and on her 21st birthday, she found out MGM was officially signing her. The two bought a home together at 9820 Eastern Drive in Benedict Canyon, and they got married there on their front lawn. People were confused by their marriage because she was beautiful, and people... Did not Paul? Did not Paul? <laughs> did you say t- did not Paul? <laughs> did not Paul? That's what I heard. <laughs> yep. And people didn't oh. find Paul attractive, and the fact he was about twenty years older than her, so people were like, "What's up with that?" So, <laughs> okay. Um, the relationship was said to be abusive, and he would keep secrets and sometimes abuse her physically, and when she went to MGM for help, they were more loyal to Paul than they were to her. Paul? Relationship? Leave me alone. Okay. (laughs) Paul was also married to another woman, while the two were married and dating. It is unknown if Jean knew this, but they think she started to know. So, Dorothy Millett uh, and Tim had a common-law marriage. So, basically, they were just together for a a while, and they lived together for a while. So, that's kind of what that means. And he would send her money and letters and good hotels to visit. He also paid for her stay at a retirement home when she had mental health issues. People thought that maybe since she might have known about the other marriage, Jean could have been involved with Paul's death. This is just a speculation, though. 17... 17... September! I was about to say 1776, but... Literally any film, except the butler didn't do it. And so before the butler called the police, he called MGM. The head of MGM met with the police when they were called two hours later and handed him what is now known as Paul's suicide note. It read... Oh, sorry. <laughs> it read... That was uncalled for. It was. 
Dearest dear, unfortunately, this is the only way to make a make good of the frightful wrong I've done to you and wipe out my abject humil humiliation. Wow, that's not. I don't know. I love you. I, I <laughs> stop. I'm trying to read this letter. I love you, Paul. And this was kind of a P.S. You understand that last night was only a comedy. You understand that last night was only a comedy. I don't know what that means. It's it Loki sounds like epic. But I don't know. So again, dearest dear, he had two wives and till this day we don't know which one he wrote to. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the death yeah. went down as a suicide. They did not question those- Oh, they did question those close to him first. Jean was at her mother's house that night. The butler said the two had a happy marriage, but Paul sometimes talked about suicide. But the gardener said the two were miserable and that Paul never talked about suicide. The cook- Yeah. The cook yeah. slash maybe the secretary said that the night he was found there was a woman who had- who they had never seen before. They found two glasses in a woman's bathing suit. Maybe this was Dorothy, because, like, if it was Jean Harlow, you would know it's Jean Harlow. Because <laughs> she had, like, the bright hair. But this woman did not. Uh, so, when Jean and him got married, he changed his will and gave all his money to Jean. And the two had been sending letters, him and Dorothy, uh, two months before Jean and Paul's wedding about places to stay in California. Maybe she wanted to visit her husband and then found out he intended to marry another woman, a famous, younger, and more up-and-coming woman. Some think she was going to kill him for the money in his will, not knowing it had been switched over to Jean. Well, she had jumped from the Delta King steamboat in the into the Sacramento River two days after Paul died. Some say she did this because of guilt, others say she did this because of grief. Some think Jean killed him because she was miserable or because it was in the heat of a moment or, like, during a fight. She also never made a public comment on her on his death, which people found weird. But, like, she was probably just grieving, you know? So, Jean then married Harold Rawson. He worked at MGM, and it might have been an arranged marriage because she was having an affair with Max Bear, who was a boxer at the time, until his wife was, like, they were separated, but, like, not officially. So his wife found out about this. Then she divorced him and added her as a co-adulterer. She married Harold to help with that, and they divorced eight months later. Next four years, she starred in many famous films. Her last film was Saratoga. Twenty. I almost said 62-year-old. <laughs> 26-year-old Jean was not doing well. Her breath smelled horrible, she was nauseous, bloated, and the doctor said she was fine. So she went on with the filming. It had been delayed for two months already because Jean and her had her wisdom teeth taken out and she got sepsis from that. Which is, like, not, not it. <laughs> I'm so great at describing things. So she began to date actor William Powell and called him... And the people on the set just called him and was like, you have to take her to the doctors. She was diagnosed with the flu and an inflamed gallbladder, and she was just told to rest. Her mom told MGM she would be back 
on Monday, June 7th, 1937. Remember this date, as I said in the last time we filmed. June 7th, 1937. June 7th, 1937. And, and Nico did the same exact thing. Um, June 7th, 1937. She had been misdiagnosed and actually had kidney failure at the age of 26. We don't know, but we have some theories that I will get to. She passed away one day after going into a coma. June 7th, 1937. June 7th, 1937. Jean Harlow was diagnosed dead. Diagnosed dead. dead. <laughs> Don't you mean presumed? Yes! I know! I didn't write that down, so I just said it, and I didn't think about it, and then once I said it, I was like, wait, you can't be diagnosed dead. You can't. You can be pronounced. Pronounced. No, it's presumed. It's also. It could also be pronounced. Pronounced, okay, yes. Pronounced dead at the scene? Yes. That's what I meant to say, but I said diagnosed. Because I was also, when I said that, I was reading the part where it said she had been misdiagnosed. But it's fine. Um, Some say uh, sepsis gave her kidney failure. Some say how they were bleaching her hair, which again included ammonia, Clorox, bleach, and soap flakes. Or when she had scarlet feet. What? mustard gas oh my gosh or when she had scarlet fever as a kid (laughs) (laughs) it would be another 26 years before jay sebring bought the house that jean and paul lived at (laughs) sorry jay sebring (laughs) was one of the victims no this isn't funny we're just i'm laughing because i know someone named jay and uh, nico knows someone named jay And, like, this is not funny at all, what I'm about to say. It's just every time I see this guy's name, I think of him, which doesn't make this any funnier. Okay, we're gonna go back to seriousness. It's just ironic, that's why. Jay Sebring was one of the victims of Charles Manson. See, this is where it doesn't get funny. The night when Manson sent Susan Atkins, Patricia Krenwinkel, and Linda Caspian... Tex Watson, oh, that should have been, whatever, I wrote it wrong, to Sharon Tate's home. Jay and Sharon had been dating, too. The two had spent much time in this house, and Sharon said Jean Harlow's house was super haunted. She said she felt like when she was staying there, she had a premonition of her own death. In Jay's bedroom, she was trying to sleep, and she was in a state of, like, being awake and asleep, which is, like, kind of the worst, but also, like, it's such a weird feeling. Um... Mm, it happens to me so many times. It's happened to me in, like, class. I, like, almost fall asleep on the bus, but I'm still conscious enough to know what's happening. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. So, Sharon had gotten up to turn on a light because she was hearing noises. As soon as she turned on a light, she saw a creepy little man who looked like Paul, and he was moving around everywhere and was bumping into things this really freaks me out because when i imagine it it's scary (laughs) um it's like a tiny a tiny man running around bumping into things and like falling over and he's like transparent i don't don't like that i don't like it either (laughs) 
Um, she ran. She ran down the stairs and saw a figure tied to the staircase with her, th- with their throat slit, and she said it was either her or Jay. She went down into the room with the alcohol, and she felt compelled. Com- compelled. She felt <laughs> compelled to do things, and she had to pull a book and press a button to get to the bar because the house had been built during the prohibition, so it was like a hidden bar. Uh, something told her to rip a piece of wallpaper and walk, and then she began to walk past the figure who was now gushing blood everywhere. She then went to sleep. Sharon told Jay about this nightmare she had had, and she was like, this was such a crazy nightmare, guess what happened? But then the two went downstairs, and they saw a few scraps of wallpaper on the floor, and they saw that the alcohol cabinet was, like, was opened. So this had actually happened. She did this interview one year before she died. The Manson family went into Sharon's house, Killed Sharon and her baby. She was eight months pregnant at the time. Why do I remember random facts? I didn't even write that down. Okay. Um, killed Jay and Abigail Folger. And Wojciech Frykowski. I'm, like, trying not to, like, mess it up. And Stephen Parent. So, Abigail Folger was heir to the Folger, like, coffee company. Very famous. So, the two houses, the one where Sharon was killed in and Jean Harlow's house, were close. Um, Sharon's house was at uh, 150 Cielo Drive. The two suicides, oh, later on, two suicides, supposedly, and two drownings then occurred at Jean Harlow's house at some point. It might have just been Lord, though. This is the end of my story. Is it? Yeah, it is. Wow. I just heard my garage screeching. Oh! It's okay. Well, I guess we should do our plugs. I don't want to. (laughs) I know. It's like the worst part of the episode. Yeah. Facebook. We got a Facebook. It's Rainy Day Podcast. Just look it up. You'll find it somewhere. (laughs) Don't. I can't make that comment, but you'll find it somewhere. Um, Instagram. Is we're just doing this out of order, I guess. Rainy underscore day underscore podcast, and our website is rainydaypodcast.webnode.com. And our email is a rainydaypodcast at gmail.com. And our Spotify is literally, you just look up Rainy Day Podcast. Woo! And obviously, our YouTube is Rainy Day Podcast also. Yes. Because I feel like that's also worth mentioning. True, because if you're listening on Spotify, Big although, brain moments. Although, if you're listening on Spotify, why would you go to and listen on YouTube? If you're listening on YouTube, I can understand why you'd go to Spotify. But if you're listening on Spotify, but why would you go to YouTube? Because in YouTube, you have to keep the tab open. I don't know. Maybe they have, like, YouTube Premium. Um, I don't know. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. Woo! Yeah.